Welcome to Philly DramaCast, where you can discover the writers and actors of Philadelphia from the comfort of your own ears. I'm Robert Ruland, and here's the playbill. Tonight, we'll be presenting Oxford 1962 by Charles Primorano. In this play, a reporter is attacked on the job and gets an in-depth look at the race riots from an unexpected source. Tonight's players are Ian Agnew as Russ and Brooke Schilling as Peggy. And now, it's time for the show. We open in a university classroom during the Ole Miss riot of 1962. At this very moment, the violence that began at dusk here at the University of Mississippi continues. Angry mobs armed with clubs and guns are protesting the admission of James Meredith, a Negro student. Federal marshals and local authorities seem to be unable to maintain order, even with the use of tear gas. It appears that the National Guard and possibly federal troops will be called in. Several persons have been injured and at least one man is dead. An accurate count won't be possible until daylight. Russ Thompson, CBS Radio News, Oxford, Mississippi. I found these in the restroom. Ouch. Sorry. I'm trying to be careful. I understand. Thank you. It's not that bad of a cut, but the bump is pretty big. I don't know if that's good or bad. What happened? I didn't see who did it, but I think I got hit by a rock or a piece of brick. Doesn't really make much of a difference, does it? I guess not. You probably want to have a doctor look at it. Not right now, of course. When you can. Yes, I'm sure any doctors around here will have much worse cases to worry about than mine. True. It still looks serious. You were out cold there for a minute. Was I? Yes. Well, thank you. And those two boys uh, for bringing me in here. Are they friends of yours? Yes. That's Skip and Brent. They're keeping an eye out down the hall. I think we're okay in here, but just in case. Thank you. Oh, and thanks for retrieving my tape recorder. I think it's going to need a doctor more than me, though. It is officially out of commission. My word. What will you do without it? I can always get another one. I'm Russ. Russ Thompson. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Thompson. I'm Peggy. Peggy Linville. And I can't express how happy I am to have met you, Miss Linville. So, what are you doing standing over there with all that mayhem going on? I'm a radio reporter. Sometimes uh, they call me a correspondent. I was just trying to do my job. I knew that. How? I heard you call your story into the network on a payphone earlier. You're very observant. The payphone is more important than the tape recorder for a story like this. Why did you put yourself in such danger? I can ask you the same thing. I'm happy you pulled me in here, but shouldn't you be in your dorm where it's safe? It's safe enough in here. It's the Lyceum they want to get into. They obviously think James Meredith is in there. I've got to think so. That's where most of the U.S. Marshals are. This was a total screw-up by Bobby Kennedy and the president. you think they would have learned something from what happened last year with the Freedom Riders. Did you cover that story? Yes. I was in Birmingham when the mob there beat up people in the bus station. The cops just stood there and watched. What else did you expect them to do? Their jobs. Where are you from? Scranton, Pennsylvania. I live in Philadelphia now. My wife and I do. That's a whole different world, Mr. Thompson. 
I was also in Montgomery when those goons tried to burn down the First Baptist Church and every one of the 150 people inside, including Martin Luther King. Kennedy had to call the National Guard to save those people. I mean, he's got to do the same thing here. This is the same damn situation. For a Yankee, you don't seem to be a big fan of the Kennedys. I'm not. What about the civil rights movement, Mr. Thompson? Are you a fan of that? I think these kind of situations make us look bad to the rest of the world, especially to the communists. All this confrontation just helps their propaganda machine. There's got to be a better way for the country to solve this problem. So why do you put yourself in harm's way? I told you. It's my job. Then why do you have a job to put you in harm's way? Because people deserve to know what's going on. I take them there. It's usually not dangerous, but sometimes it is. And for something like this, it's not just news, it's history. Historians will want to listen to radio broadcasts someday the same way they read letters about the Civil War. So, uh, where are you from, Miss Linville, if I may ask? Right here in Mississippi. I'm from Jackson. You know where they fought the Battle of Jackson in the Civil War? Touché. I saw plenty of other co-eds out there with that mob. So why aren't you out there with them throwing bricks and cursing those marshals? Because I believe James Meredith has a right to go to school here. And even if I didn't, I wouldn't ever behave in such an uncouth manner. I would never risk being such an embarrassment to my family. Most of those rabble-rousers are not Ole Miss students anyway. In any event, it's shameful that so many have given no consideration to their reputations. Or that of our school. Shameful. How do your parents feel about all this? I can't say. I have to believe they're concerned about your safety. They are. I'm surprised they didn't have you come home. They think I am home. How's that? They think I went home after the football game in Jackson. You're confusing me. Wouldn't they know by now you're not at home? Listen, you have to promise me something. And what is that? You have to promise me that whatever I say to you is kept off the record, just between you and me. I know you reporters are usually good about that, if someone asks you. Okay, sure. Any particular reason why? The reason my parents think I'm still in Jackson is because they are both in Washington, D.C. Visiting? They live there. Well, my father does. He works there. My mother is visiting. She still spends most of her time in Jackson. My father is Congressman Linville. Bonnie Linville. Holy shit. Hey, excuse me. Holy cow. You can understand why he would not want the publicity of me helping you out here or talking to you. I understand. Our conversation and everything is off the record. Thank you. No, thank you. I couldn't betray your trust after you've helped me like this. Does your wife know you're in danger tonight? She knows I'm here. Kind of hard to hide. She can hear me on the radio. Oh, that's right. She's used to me being in these situations by now. You realize what's happening here tonight is different, right? What's different about this mob of racists versus any other mob of racists? This mob thinks they can start another civil war tonight. That's what's different. Don't you mean war between the states? I still don't understand what makes you go against the grain. And others. I've met others like you along the way. There are lots of others like me. What about your father? How does he feel about segregation? I can't talk about him. Off the record. I can't talk about him, even off the record. Why? 
because I don't know you. We just had a congressman in the state lose his primary because he didn't toe the line on segregation. I don't want my father to lose his job. I understand. So, how do you feel about segregation? Let's just say a lot of people, a lot of white people in the South hate it. So why don't you? Why don't they do something about it? Why don't they do something about it in Philadelphia? Universities are integrated in Philadelphia, and so are public schools. But there's still segregation in your state. Don't tell me there isn't. You have any Negroes living on your street? Tell the truth. Well, no. How about your neighborhood? Probably not. Because I'll bet you live in the suburbs. We do. So that means your local elementary school is all white, and your local junior high school is all white. I suppose so. Why don't you do something about all that segregation, Mr. Thompson? I, I get your point. Up north, you have the luxury of living in your suburbs, in your little towns that are all white. Negroes make up what? Maybe ten percent of the population. Well, over forty percent of the people in our little state are Negroes. We can't hide like you do up in Pennsylvania or New York or Massachusetts. Maybe it's this bump on my head, but I'm having a hard time figuring out which side you were on. I'm against segregation, if that's what you're asking, and I'm against it everywhere. I don't think I've seen a riot like this up north. You would if Kennedy sent U.S. marshals to help Negro families move into your neighborhood. What if President Kennedy integrated Brookline, Massachusetts, where he's from? Or why doesn't Bobby Kennedy integrate his neighborhood in Virginia? Do you see? It's not. Just James Meredith that set these people on edge. It's the double standard. As long as the double standard exists, it's almost impossible to change things here. That's quite a speech. Maybe you should run for Congress someday. I'd have to marry one first and then wait for him to die. That's how it usually works, you know. Not always. Usually. What is that? Wait. Those are helicopters. They must be bringing in army paratroopers. I've got to get out there. No, are you crazy? It's my job. It's not your job to get killed over some some person you don't know. I have to. No. Please let me by. I mean it. I will not. I can assure you that I am capable of. Oh. You can't even walk. Please sit back down. I'm still dizzy. You need to lay back and rest. It's quiet again. That doesn't make any sense. The helicopters are gone. Let me go ask somebody what happened. You stay here. Nice job, Bobby. Nice job. You just heard Oxford, nineteen sixty-two. Oxford 1962 was performed and recorded and presented with permission of the author. All rights reserved. For information and inquiries about this play, contact the PDC at pdcopportunities@gmail.com. Join us next time, where two cops just know that the man they're guarding is a murderous pervert. 
Philly DramaCast is a production of the Philadelphia Dramatist Center. To see all the latest readings, shows, and workshops the PDC provides, visit pdc1.org. You can follow Philly DramaCast on Facebook and the PDC on Facebook and Twitter. This episode was produced and directed by Caitlin Sieri. Production, recording, and hosting by Robert Ruland. Editing and mixing by Charles Primorano. Original music by Charles Primorano. Recorded at the Spruce Hill Community Association in Philadelphia. Again, I'm Robert Ruland. Thank you for listening to Philly DramaCast. The show's over, but we're always here when you need drama in your life.